Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 263. Glad you could join us. Uh, we've got probably a bit of a shorter episode this week, but there is some cool stuff to talk about. So let's get started with introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I am Soraya Zell. Um, that is who I am. And I'm a co-host here on the show. A little bit less reliable than I used to be. But uh, but I'm back. I'm here again. and And that's special in itself. For me. Not for you. You're like... Jeez, he's back. But for me, for me, it's nice. And, and we have to give Zell credits where it's due. It's the first week in a while where he hasn't complained about moving recently. Moving sucks. There we go. All right, Jay, you're up. Hey, team, it's Jay. I'm also one of the co-hosts here on Biomass. And uh, I, too, am uh, glad that Zell is not bitching about moving. Although uh, I'm sure... In fact, I would say I'm confident at some point over the course of this podcast, regardless of how long or short it is, we'll likely find something new that Zell will build you bitch about. Most definitely. And I am Pokey Draven. I also help host the show here, um, do some YouTube stuff now and now and then. And uh, I'm ramping up to play the new expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, which I'm very excited about. It's coming out uh, this Friday for early access. So I'm pretty stoked. But that being said, did you guys hear that Avengers Endgame is getting DLC. This is this is the most we just want to slide up the charts a little bit thing I've ever seen. This is I tend to agree with that. <laughs> this is this is the sole purpose here is like Avengers Endgame is like 0.1 billion short of the the all-time record uh which is is of course still Avatar. And um so they're doing this release with you know, some special end credit stuff that's going to be on the Blu-ray disc. Um, and they're like, let's get just enough people to go see it in the theater to nudge it over the bar. Because only t- only movie ticket sales count for this. So the only way that they can knock Avengers off, or uh, Avatar off the perch is to, to put it back in theaters again. And that's 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 all this is. There's no other purpose for this, and it's stupid. I'm not going to go see it again. <laughs> I, I mean, just the, the vibe that I, I kind of got from it is it's it's basically like, you know, when you buy like a DVD of a, a movie and it's got like the extra scenes, they're like, let's just take that and put it in theaters. Is, is that kind of the vibe you're getting from it? Yeah, they said there's going to be, um, they didn't say they were going to do anything different for the movie itself. So, you know, it'd be tempting if it was like the extended cut of the movie or something with some of the lead scenes like inserted in. They're going to add stuff. Everything they're adding, from my understanding, is end credits. So they're going to, you know, after the credits, they're going to drop in a deleted scene or two from for, that will obviously be on the disc. Some tribute to something or other, uh, which is probably going to be on the disc. Um, and like, that's it. So what you're saying is I basically can just watch some guys bootleg uh cell phone recording of like the last like 30 seconds of the credits and i'm good uh yeah or, or okay you know, okay. buy the blu-ray and watch no, the, yeah the, 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 i don't, you don't buy movies usually i, is the I thing. do i do i'm sure um, you do but for me i'm just like eh, whatever but um yeah no like that's one of those things like i think it was uh what was it wreck it ralph 2 i saw that movie twice and i saw the fight the the final end credit scene Neither time. I kind of wanted to see it, but I didn't want to see the movie again enough to see the end credits scene. And that's what the internet is for. Yes. Did you... Like, why didn't you see it, though? I'm not understanding. Um, there are multiple end credit scenes for Wreck-It Ralph 2, and uh, we didn't know that one was there. Ah, uh, so you, there's, like, multiples in the same, in the same uh, sequence. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, they do the kind of like the Marvel, it's another Disney property. So, you know, they did the mid credits and they did like an end end credit that I didn't know about. And I think there was another reason we had to leave. And so we just didn't didn't see it. And then we found out we missed something. And and oh, well, not gonna watch. I'm not gonna go through and pay for tickets and go see the movie again in a theater and consume like three hours of my life again for a 30 second end credit scene. No, don't do that. Don't go see this. This is a cheap marketing ploy to take the number one spot on the box office charts. Don't fall for it. Don't go see it. 
No. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, uh, just purely based on the fact that they want to be number one and they're willing to go the extra Patriot mile for it, put a little deflate gate on the, uh, on the record, on the ticket sales. I am all about that. Honestly, I think Avatar did it too. (laughs) I I actually think Avatar, if I remember, might've done an encore performance. Um, I know Titanic did like, you know, five years ago or whatever, when they did, or they did like the 20th anniversary of Titanic. That would have been two years ago. Um, I think two years ago, they did like a 20th anniversary of Titanic showing thing. And that was in theaters. And it technically nudged Titanic up the list just a little bit more than it was before. Cause it was box office for the movie. That's just, that's horrible. Although I, I seem to remember when that movie came out, I just, subjectively probably not even remotely objectively but subject subjectively it felt like it had like the longest run of all movies of all time in the theater uh just everybody wanted to see it like four times i i don't know that i go so far as to say everybody wanted to see it since i am very proud of the fact that i've never watched that movie really you've never seen titanic 100 percent. that's that's really I, strange i gladly revel in the fact that i have not seen that piece of shit okay that's fair i i will say so i saw the the titanic movie i did see it in theaters i was like i would have been like what eight or nine and i did see that movie um and the reason why was because um you know when i was a little kid i like to read all these little uh, all these non-fiction books and and i was absolutely enthralled with the whole titanic story um before they made the movie um I- I had, all the non- I had all the non-fiction books. And, and... Yeah, 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 don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I was somewhat fascinated by the story around the Titanic and the concept of the movie. Uh, but you didn't want to see a fictional romance that took place on the, on the boat. Or it didn't take time, place on the boat, as the case is. This is well before Leonardo DiCaprio was like snapping necks and shooting people in the face in Blood Diamond. So I, I give no fucks about this. Zero, none. Not at all. Not interested. Uh, like now, the, the first uh, you know five ten minutes of, mo- of the movie, in the last five and ten minutes, I think I've seen on uh, Netflix, purely because that's all of the part parts of the movie that are not about uh, you know the the star-crossed lovers boarding the Titanic and having the adventure of their lives slash tragedy of their lives. In fact, there was there was. Totally enough room for for Jack though on the, I, the thing. I, I legitimately think that I am. I was far more interested in watching the documentary on how the Titanic was made because they covered uh, a lot of James Cameron's uh, exploits as a kind of armchair oceanographer more than I I would have wanted to have seen that movie. No, that's fair, and that that's um, those documentaries are actually really really cool. So now that we've established that uh, Jay hates Titanic, Titanic <laughs> it was well deserved to be dethroned. What else you got? <laughs> you you didn't expect to um to uh, listen to the podcast today and us talk about a movie from 1997, did you? For the listeners at home. Well, you thought you were getting given our track record like, for. I mean, if you look at it, given our tr- track record for all the other crazy shit we talk about, it's probably kind of. You know, it's, it's kind of due. all over the place. Yeah, like, I mean, we're due. I mean, there's there's really nothing that we won't talk about. <laughs> this this is quite true, actually. Now that I think about it, we could, in fact, do that. We could literally go to Wikipedia and just pull up random movies from '97. So, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> See the random shit that we've all maybe not seen, but kind of tangentially heard about. That that could actually be kind of fun. But yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I, I had to laugh because I, I, you know, this whole thing was like a box office PR stunt, but I, I saw like when I was scrolling through stuff before the show that someone said that we all have to realize the fact that uh, Avengers Endgame is the first movie to be released with DLC. Um, that, that was, that was pretty funny. So um, yeah, that's, that's coming out. I, I will not be seeing it again. I, I really don't care that much. Like I was satisfied with how they wrapped it up and they don't have to put an end credits in for me to, to, to jump back in on that. So whatever. Uh, in other movie news, so yeah, we talked about something a long time ago, um, a movie based off of a game I really like called Monster Hunter. 
Um, there's a leaked trailer now for the Monster Hunter movie, and uh, it, it's again like a like a bootleg cell phone recording of someone in the theater in some Asian country of the trailer. Uh, yeah, so the 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 monsters themselves actually look pretty good. Like it's pretty good CGI, but the movie's still going to be trash. Um, it's going to be awful. So that's guys, obligatory. Yeah, I mean it's it's got what's we can't have two, we, in, we can't have two good video game movies in one year. That's crazy. There was no way with Mila Djokovic or whatever, her being in this film, this film will be anything oh, remotely okay. Yeah, no, no. Is, or Djokovic, I'm sorry. Is, um, is Uwe Boll directing it too then? I don't think so. Um, but I, I just kind of assumed, but I don't think he is. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be terrible. Like it's going to be really bad. But at least the, the, the monsters look cool, I guess. So it'll be good for like screenshots and they'll never actually see the film. Or we'll have to like do a Mystery Science Theater 3000 roast of it because it's going to be awful yeah I, I'm, I'm very fond at one point of Mila Djokovic, uh Ukraine's biggest star however uh, that star has faded with the advent of the uh, straight to Netflix you know C movie of which she is a master of uh, which is kind of a kind of shame because like is it is this a Yui Bowl movie by any crazy chance we 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 asked that question yeah, already, it's, it's and it's not. it's not. I'm okay. actually um I'm actually looking at Uwe Boll's IMDb page to confirm, and it looks like he pretty much retired around 2016, or at least he hasn't done anything in a couple of years. Existence is what happened, actually. But uh, the uh, the the uh, that being said, the Resident Evil uh you know sort of subgenre of movies that uh, that kind of Javo Javovovich is sort of famed for. Some of those were actually kind of watchable. I'm, I will have to say that some of them were just horrendous. So I, yeah. Well, it's, you're you're in luck, Jay, because Paul W. S. Anderson is in fact uh, writing and directing Monster Hunter. So I mean, you know what you're going to get. Yes, it's, we it's gonna do. Be, it's going to be gold-plated shit. That's what it's going to be. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. But so, so like, like from a purely like aesthetic standpoint, I'm like, some of these characters in their real life representation look pretty good. They look less like potatoes than they do in the game. Uh, but yeah, it's something to be terrible. So I'm looking forward to seeing how fast that drops in Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's good. we gotta have like an award ceremony for like the bottom of the Rotten Tomatoes list, and if we agreed that they were you know properly trashed or not. So I'm, I'm looking forward to whenever this comes out. I think it's. There's no no date on it yet, so we'll see. Why yeah. did they drag Ron Perlman into this? Oh, they did. Oh man, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm just disappointed in him now. That's how you know your career's gotten to that point when you're you know working on a Monster Hunter movie. Oh, Bates here. How you doing, Bate? Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Bate. I am uh, host here on the show and. Uh, yeah, chilling, living life. What's up, guys? How's Florida? Do what now? How's Florida? Bro, it is so fucking hot here. I'm I'm done with it. I've had it up to about here. Um, but I, I'm going to assume it's, it's really it's nice for all the uh, all the listeners at home that we're going to mimic that you're holding your hand, waving it up in a throat slashing motion somewhere below your chin. Is that about accurate? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, for the record, I would like to point out that this is also the guy that on 99.99% of our shows introduces himself as a genuine bona fide Florida man. <laughs> so so I, I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I got room up here if you want to come up, man. I, like we, we could get you set up you know, near Detroit. I, you know, I got some really good friends in Missoula, Montana. Take a pick, whatever you're into. I, I can hook you up. Uh, all right, so um, I'll be honest. I didn't know who the director of the the Monster Hunter movie is, and I just looked him up. Wow. Yeah. This this is this you, is gold plated shit. How does like how is his name not like a household name right next to Uwe Bowl at this point? Wow. That is that is a trash fire right there. I'm so sorry, man. I think this guy can sink your entire franchise of choice. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty much a guaranteed thing. How hot is it there, Bait? Like, what what's your temp at right now? 
So right now we're clocking at 89 Fahrenheit uh, with like 53, 54% humidity. That's nothing for Florida. That's Come on. Pretty, it's, it's still miserable, it's, though. No, it's that's, swampy. That's, let me be clear. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. But for Florida, it's not bad. No, but like here's the kicker, though. That's right now at 930 at night at the beach, bro. This more like when I got off work at noon, it was like a hundred and one up by my house. All right, that's with 53, Florida. Right, that's Florida. Humidity. Okay. That sucked. Yeah, I asked because like here in Arizona, it's been like unusually cool this year. Like we had a really rough monsoon season. We had some crazy storms, but it's supposed to drop down below a hundred uh, next week, which is obscene for Arizona. Like we're easily in the one twenties usually, and they're like, "Yeah, it's really ninety five, ninety six. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like I'm not complaining. Like, you getting out your parka? Like I, I well, I got I got to crack out the jacket. Like if it drops to eighty five, I'm I'm chilled. But um, no, it's just been, it's been really cool here. Like it's it's great in my my work because our our installers work on rooftops, obviously, so they aren't dying like they normally do. But uh, no, it's it's been a mild summer for us. Yeah, what's the rate of solar installers just, like, falling off the roof from heat exhaustion? Uh, well, we take good care of them, but uh, I will say our turnover rate for new hires is pretty bad because they think it's not going to be that bad. It's 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 pretty bad. So, yeah, it's hard to keep them around when it's 115 out and you're on top of a yeah, you know, concrete go, tile roof. It, it, it they gets, get on the roof their first day and they're like, no, no, I'm out. Bye. A, a lot of people throw up on the first day. So, yeah, no, it's, okay. it's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. I, I couldn't do it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, we're, we're totally off topic as usual. But uh, let's move along to – so did you guys know that GameStop bought – at least part of Think Geek back in 2015. Oh, oh yeah, they bought they bought Think Geek a long I did, time ago. I did not know that. If if you'd been to a GameStop store in the last five years, you'd find that well, oh. four years apparently. But um, uh, GameStops had like probably 30 percent of their stores dedicated to to Think Geek merch for for years. Um, and uh, yeah, and and so like the gift cards have been workable between both services, so you could you know take a GameStop card and spend it on ThinkGeek, or a ThinkGeek card and spend it at GameStop. Um, but uh, yeah, rip ThinkGeek, uh, they're shutting it down. Oh, they they are. Yeah, they're um they're fire sailing everything that's left, which isn't much. Um, but, uh, with the promo code moving day, 50% off anything that's left at Think Geek, um, will they dump their whole inventory? I get the impression that they're like, you know, like they say, they're still going to be making, uh, you know, Think Geek merchandise for GameStop's website. And they're going to have like a Think Geek section, but they're shutting down the Think Geek website. They're closing out Think Geek accounts. They say they're like moving across the country to wherever GameStop is headquartered. So it sounds like they're just dumping everything for now, and they're going to start making new stuff. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well. So what I have noticed is like uh, most of the GameStops, they were kind of broken into your your classic sort of GameStop with the uh, finding them all like almost kiosk style. It's yeah, pr- relatively small, but then you had their uh, uh, you know like their flagship stores or not flagship. But they're, Whatever their little main stores are, they had like the Think Geek compartment in it, and and that that was the the majority of uh, it seemed like what they were selling because uh, most people I, I I'm kind of curious how close GameStop is to going going the way of uh, you know Best Buy just curiously because uh, it seems like most people are getting their content uh, digitally nowadays, but that that could be just a subject, subjective observation. Um. Well, and I think that's really why they're they're doubling down on, on think geek selling a lot of, or uh, GameStop selling a lot of think geek merchandise. Um, I mean, I would say even in the malls, I'm seeing a lot of think geek stuff. Um, you know, that like that it GameStop's one of those stores that has a whole dang wall of Funko pops. Um, these days, um, that's, I, I, they're trying to deal with the physical side of things. You know, I think, selling used games is still a big thing for them. Um, I know like if you want to get like a, a day of release of a fancy collector's edition and stuff like that, GameStop still tends to be the, the ideal go-to for, for that sort of thing. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, digital sales are a thing. I know, I think there was, 
you know, and they usually sell the digital gift cards too. So if you've got like cash and like if you're on a cash only thing, you know, you got your your Christmas money and you're you're under eight, you know, you don't have a credit card. Um, you can go to GameStop, buy a you know PlayStation card, and type in the code, stuff like that. So I'm sure they make a little bit on that too. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I, like I said, I was just kind of curious, like how close we are with all the launchers out there and all the the different means of getting digital content. Like I just they're not they're not uh, making PC budget, but I mean uh, that's fair. Uh, you know, they've always been console market. They've you know they used to have a small PC section, but they've never really been cater to pc gamers anyways and um console like honestly people underestimate like one of the things that still gets people up in arms is every time there's discussion about whether or not the next generation console will still support discs and then you start hearing about everybody with their you know two meg internet in idaho um who you know are like i can't play this game and if i have to download 50 gigs over the internet to play it um that's still a thing and in terms of, I would guess their costs aren't nearly as bad as like some of the other companies that have gone under or done really poorly. Um, I mean, Best Buy's still around. They're doing all right, I would think. And uh, they're starting to be, you know, they're doing an okay job competing with Amazon and Walmart on, on a lot of the online sales and store pickup stuff like that. GameStop has a lot less retail holdings in terms of scale. I don't think there's, like, their stores wouldn't be as expensive as like, you know, you think like, Maintaining a Toys R Us is a huge expense. They're gigantic stores. Um, Best Buys are huge stores. GameStops, I don't know. They're 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 kind of filler. They're, I don't they're think pretty they're pretty compact. They're, they're they're good for strip mall fodder. They get a and they get a lot of product in a really small amount of space. Um, I mean, you go to a GameStop, they're packing every square inch of that store wall with product. Um, I think they probably do all right. I think the way Jay described it is pretty on point, actually, kind of going the way of, of Best Buy. Because, like, I, you know, for a, for those a pretty big chunk of time where I had not stepped in a uh, GameStop or a Best Buy just because I had no need to. And when I finally went in there, it was like, wow, this has really changed from from what I remember, you know, five, six years ago, you know. Um, and, and you do see a lot more merchandise product. And, and the game selection is usually actually pretty meager. Like, I remember, like, Best Buy was like one of the places you went to buy games. And now it's like, you know, maybe one or two short little rows of, of titles. And it's usually only like really high end, like with the popular stuff. They don't carry a lot of the lesser known things. Um, and, and, you know, GameStop, not to the same extent, but it's definitely getting there with, you know, more focus on, you know, selling Funko Pops or, or specifically exclusives. You can see a lot of the exclusives coming through GameStop where, like I've got the Kingdom Hearts uh, three special edition PS4 Pro that was a GameStop exclusive. Um, that that's a really good way to get um, people to come into their store and buy stuff. Um, I'm not sure if, how profitable that is. If it's just they're kind of breaking even on it, and it's um, they. I mean, the biggest thing for selling exclusives is you if you if you've got a good exclusive deal, you're going to have you know guaranteed sales from people. And and yeah. the the second thing is you have no reason to discount it. No, because it's literally the only place you can get it. So you're, you're, much, you're, you know. you're making, you're making profit. Um, what game is it? There's, there's some game uh, that comes out this year. And I noticed like they have like a, it, it's whatever exclusive collector's edition game stop selling. It's like a hundred bucks. And they're like, and you can only order it online for, for shipping. And it's the only item GameStop sells that's not eligible for free shipping. It's ten bucks, and I'm like, why not just say the price is 110 bucks? Why say it's a hundred bucks and the one item on our entire store that you <laughs> must buy, you must have shipped to you, and is ten dollars to ship? That's dumb. Just say it's 110 bucks. Ship it for free, like everything else. That's really weird. <laughs> it's so weird, but um, you know, and why would they discount it? There's no reason to. People will eventually buy it. Um, but, uh, and they, their, their exclusives are generally pretty good. And, you know, ThinkGeek's the same way as like ThinkGeek exclusives are, are usually some, some pretty great stuff. Well, they have, they have a lot of stuff that they produce themselves. Like I know they have like their usual April Fool's, uh, product line. And then usually the, the really popular one will actually become a product. Um, so I mean, it's, you know, ThinkGeek is always fun. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that their, their website's disappearing because, you know, the the I, honest I, truth is that 
think Geek may have been the better brand name over GameStop to that, persist. That's yeah. what I'm kind of getting at. I, I'd kind of buy that. I mean, if you think about it, like, it, that's probably, or at least for me in my experience, just like when you go into some of the stores, that is the first and really the only time that you could generally find that kind of material, you know, that kind of stuff that they have um, live and in color. I mean, you could, you could always kind of find, you know, uh, like stuff on the internet, but we're like, just to see it, you know, all that kind of nerdery that's kind of laid out. I, that might be the only place that I, that you can routinely find it is one of those kind of think geek, uh, you know, enhanced games, game stops. Um, I think there's, there's a few, I know, like some of the bigger malls around, like, uh, that have like sort of almost like artisanal nerd shops, but they're also, well out of the price range of most folks uh, that would shop at, you know, at the average store, though. And there are actually, and this is something that you may not know because I did not know, uh, one of the things they mentioned in here is that there are actually ThinkGeek stores that are that are ThinkGeek branded stores, not GameStop stores. Um, there aren't nearly as many as GameStop stores, but those will remain open as ThinkGeek stores for now. I, I think I think I saw one of those at the Mall of America last time I was in Minnesota, which would would be a place that, to put. That one would of be those. a Mall of America thing, yeah. yeah um, and I, I was a little surprised by it, but uh, yeah, no, it, it it's it, it kind of following up on Jay's point. It's like if GameStop is going this direction of just selling, you know, they sell games, sure, but it seems that they're definitely pushing more into the kind of things that Think Geek would sell. Um, you would think they'd want to stick with, I don't know, like a more generic, hey, we sell nerd shit rather than GameStop, which already kind of has a stigma on it of they sell used games, which they don't right. really do and, anymore. So and, and they do, and, but not that's not their focus anymore. There are And there are people, plenty of people who don't really like GameStop or don't, you know, think GameStop is, you know, down the drain. Everybody loves ThinkGeek. Like, yeah. find me a person who's like, bah. It think has monkeys geek. that fly. So whatever. This is a stupid decision, probably. And and like I could totally see them merging the account system and saying, "Hey, it's all going to be GameStop accounts." Um, you know, it's all going to be the same order processing system and stuff like that. But honestly, I'm just disappointed they're shutting down the website. I don't think there's a good reason to do that. They could run like this, like it could be like a separate portal to the same you know product database and ordering system. Um. But I just think the brand is is strong, and I don't don't know why they're they're dumping on it. Yeah, I would kind of expect like a, you go to thinkgeek.com and it it's the same, and then like you know below the logo it's like a GameStop company or some shit like that, and they just kind of keep right, it the same. Right, but that. Eh, whatever. Well, I, now that being said, generally you don't make these kind of decisions unless there's some fairly significant reason to from a business side. Um, Again, subjectively, it's kind of the anecdote of one. I know most times when we go in there, like I, I will, you know, fondly walk around and, you know, like me and my son or something like that, or even my wife will like walk around. We'll enjoy looking at a lot of stuff, but I don't know how much buying goes on in there either. Um, like I, I don't know that I can justify the, you know, the $110 for the uh, near life-size replica of the Gallahorn that they'll, that they'll sell you or, uh, yeah, I know I've, I've bought a couple coffee cups there or, you know, the occasional T-shirt for my son. But I, I think when you look at how much, like what, what they're putting out, if all they did was get down to like Funko Pops, I, I don't know that it would move the needle too much in terms of like what, what the upkeep for that part of the business is versus what they make. You're basically saying that you don't know if, that, if moving that direction is going to be enough to keep them, keep them going? Well, I, I just, I don't, I really don't know if the Think Geek part was as fun as those stores are. I don't, I don't, I don't imagine they make a lot of money either. Uh, just off the top of my head, just like I said, just kind of watching how people work in there. I mean, to be fair, I, I used to go to the Think Geek website to find ideas for gifts and then try to find that item elsewhere and pay less for it because Think Geek was more expensive usually. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I, I kind of fall to that, too, where it's like, that's a good idea. I'll find a knockoff of, of it on, on Amazon or something. Um, and I did that well, a lot. Not even a knockoff. I mean, if you really think about it, you can you can go in there and find, like, the cool widget thing or whatever. And, like, on your phone while you're in the store, you can 
pro, I mean, you can fucking lift the skew, the nah, the skew off of it with a like a I you know like a RF reader, and you can have that shit on like whatever the cheapest price on the internet is like in the world, and figure that out real quick. Uh, so I don't think I just don't. I, I like, like I said, I just don't know, know that it's that big of a deal. It may be they're just making a good business decision based, based on how much money it costs to keep that part of the store up versus what they make. I think that's generally what those kind of things come down to. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. All right, let's move along to. We haven't really covered Destiny 2 in a while, but uh, I thought this was kind of interesting just because of the shift away from. Obviously, Bungie separated themselves from Activision, and they've been making quite a few changes to how they're kind of modeling Destiny 2 and, and how they want to move forward. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that the one that caught people's attention pretty well was the changes to the Eververse store. Um, I would probably argue that a lot of these changes probably should have been the way it was in the first place, but, you know, better late than never, I guess. So... Uh, the way things are in Destiny 2 now is you basically go to the Eververse store, you either purchase uh, bright engrams with silver, which is your premium currency you pay with cash, or you would get bright engrams just from leveling up and playing the game. Uh, that would open up, you get a random item, and if you didn't like the item, you could break it down and get bright dust, which was kind of a, another currency, which you could then use to buy premium items that would come through on like a like a weekly rotation so there was like a a, a pool of stuff that was in that season's rotation and then every week there'd be like seven to ten items that you could buy directly so if you if you were patient you could probably wait and get the thing you wanted or you could keep buying these engrams and hopefully get the random chance to to, to get them with that being said the only really source of this bright dust was to break down the items that you would get from these engrams. So in many cases, if you wanted bright dust, you had to buy a bunch of engrams, break down all the junk, and then you'd have this pool kind of waiting to, to pick up these things on rotation, which is a little weird. Um, I mean, it worked, it was fine. Uh, but what they're changing is that you will no longer get bright dust from breaking down the items. Instead, bright dust just comes from completing in-game tasks and achievements so like your crucible bounties your vanguard bounties you know your daily weekly stuff um it's just going to kind of give you this constant trickle of, of bright dust rather than having to go through the, the motions of breaking stuff down you just get it from playing which is it's nice it takes a step out of out of the process of you know getting the engram and, and going through all that um that's nice the other really nice thing is the fact that before when you got an item like a uh, a non-random rolled weapon or a piece of armor or um, a cosmetic item, it was stored in your collection. And the collection was kind of this like archive of like, if you've owned the thing once, you could spend currency, usually, you know, glimmer or whatever to pull it out of, out of your collection, kind of make a, another copy of it and you can use it. Um, the annoying part was, is that if you had something like a shader that came from the Eververse, it would, it would appear in your collection, which was great. But if you wanted to pull it out of your collection, you had to spend Bright Dust. You had to spend this premium currency to pull these premium items that you already earned out of your collection, which was kind of a pain in the ass. Like, especially if you spent Bright Dust a lot and you didn't have a lot of it, you know, and you wanted to, you know, put your Gold Trace sh uh, shader on your new armor, you'd be like, gosh, I need more Bright Dust. Um, they're removing that requirement. So it, it sounds like pretty much everything in your collection is going to be obtainable with glimmer or legendary shards or whatever. So even the premium stuff that comes from Eververse is going to be just the same as everything else, which is nice. Um, it, it kind of helps uh, take that squeeze off of the constant, you know, outflow of bright dust to unlock stuff you already have, which is kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, I think probably the, the biggest change though, and I, I think this is actually coming in the big armor 2.0 update with the next expansion is that Eververse always had armor pieces. Like you'd have like a, a, a themed set for each of the three classes um, for every season. Fine, which is cool. They had some cool stuff in there. The annoying part was, is that it wasn't like an, or like a cosmetic. It was like an actual piece of armor. And what that meant is, is that if the perks on it weren't good, you weren't going to use that like ever because you're going to use the armor that drops from the raid or the high-end content you know the, the good shit that you 
gone for, you're not going to pick up this cosmetic armor and use it because why would you? And the developers even said that they, they would agonize over making sure that the perks on that armor were not good because they didn't want to have this notion of it's pay to win because, hey, there's this piece of armor in the Eververse store that you have to spend money on or, you know, you're encouraged to spend money on. And, uh, you know, it's it's better than the raid armor because of X, Y, and Z perks on it. So they, they intentionally made the armor bad and you couldn't use it or didn't want to use it because, you know, you were going to use good armor. It was terrible. Like, I pretty much threw away every piece of it that I got because it was pointless. Um, well, no, what was that? Don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't forget, like, so the way, so even though they're real armor pieces, they would come in at, like, 10 light. So it's basically yes. the same light level that you get when you literally start the game at, at the character creation level. Now, what their catch-22 was, often that was some of the more elaborate and really, like, artistically striking pieces of, of like, flair in the gear that you could, or flair in the game that you could get. So... Not only did they intentionally make them have bad roles, but it's pretty expensive to actually. So let's say you did get it and you really wanted to to like rock some high speed set, um, and you didn't care about the roles or whatever. You would have to infuse that gear to bring it up to usable levels, and that is an incredibly expensive process in terms of the resource outlay to to infuse like a whole suit of, set of gear. Uh, to bring it up, so so there was they they had like this huge two edged sword going on in well like you know, three edged sword going on in a bunch of different ways. It was just there was no good solution. Um, yeah, and by the way, quick throwback to your your comments earlier about the Eververse store. Uh, if you haven't checked out Destiny Two lately, I highly recommend checking it out. This store looks phenomenal. It's an actual store now, and they, and it's there's very little randomness involved. It's literally, you just buy what you want. You pick what you want and buy it. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a much, much, much better setup. Generally is, is really, really nice. I know they're going to smooth the economy out a little bit, but it's, uh, it, it's a huge upgrade to what it used to be. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's definitely going in a good direction. And, and what I like about what they're doing with this is that it's, all of that armor that was for, and you brought up a really good point about having to level it up again, which is already kind of a pain in Destiny. Um, what they're going to be doing with it is basically any piece of cosmetic armor you get from Eververse, it's not armor anymore. It's what they're calling a universal ornament. And if you're not familiar with the ornament system, it's basically like you, you slot it into a piece of armor you have or a weapon or whatever. And normally it's a, a stat changing thing. Uh, sorry, ornaments are not stat changing. Ornaments will change the appearance of, of, uh, of the, the the weapon or the armor. And typically they're usually reserved for specific um, legendaries or usually exotics. But these universal ornaments are basically going to allow you to apply the appearance of that cosmetic armor from the Eververse store to any legendary armor in the game, um, as long as it's you know compatible. You can't put a uh, titan uh ornament on a, a piece of hunter armor but if, it, if it's for your class um you can put this on there which is a huge deal like it, it's basically a transmog system if you're familiar with with you know diablo or, or wild terminology um, it is not transmog it is not it is an ornamentation that yes. is the approved marketing term transmog yes, ornamentation <laughs> transmog implies that you destroy an item to let another item look like that one this is not that Oh, jeez. Ornamentation. I'm sorry. I, I read the, the twab, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, okay. Dungeon Master Jake. It's all good. <laughs> um, no, that's 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 fair. Um, but it's, yeah, you can slot this into to whatever you want. And, and the, the real cool part is that any piece of armor you have, and I hope anything that is in your collection, uh, will be automatically converted into these ornaments. So if you've had anything in the past or in your inventory now, it will be automatically transferred to this new system. So you'll be able to, to use that, which is great because I've got some really cool, like uh, Hunter armor um, that I've been like dying to use, but obviously for the reasons mentioned before, I wasn't using it. So uh, that's really exciting. So I think this is great. Um, it should have been this way from the start. I don't know why it wasn't. Maybe it was a code limitation or a, uh, you know, we want to try to sell more of this stuff and not make it as accessible. Kind of like the stupid uh, consumable shaders, but we won't get into that. But overall, good change. Um, I'm glad to see that they're kind of 
taking a step back and, and being more willing to make some good quality of life changes to how they're monetizing the game. Because Destiny 2's monetization started pretty bad, and they definitely learned their lesson um, over time. But I think you're, they're definitely uh, feeling the, the the freedom they have and not being necessarily tied to Activision and uh, really listening to what players want and how they're going to monetize this. So I'm, I, I think it's a real positive thing. I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, uh, yeah. Now, now, Jay, you, you might be able to, to clear this up for me. Will you be able to buy stuff directly from the store with silver, or are they still sticking with uh, you have to buy, um, usually buy engrams to get the random chance for it? I believe you can buy direct with silver. That's um, fantastic. So, I, so when you look at the store, um, it was, a, you know, you're really, they would have some, a very, very small selection of um, kind of buy it nows or like stuff that was there for the week. It would rotate weekly. But it'd be literally a very, very small selection. Now it's multiple, it's, it is literally set up like a storefront, you know, like it, like that you'd experience in a lot of other games and there's multiple pages. Uh, there are, you, you can still buy engrams, I believe, but there's basically no need to because there's, there's a very large selection of rotating uh or seasonal or themed things that you can buy so like the store the, the store setup itself is still still the same and i think i think they really i believe you can still do directs with silver i'm, I'm very confident you can um which is is fine frankly i mean it's it's kind of a cool way to do it uh one neat thing that kind of struck me by the way pokey the way you were describing the ornamentation system and sort of how it was going to work with arm well at least how we think it it's going to work with Armor 2.0 in an odd way. It kind of reminds me of how Anthem was. You basically unlocked um, effectively ornaments, you know, like whether it's a shader or texture or material for your armor, uh, and then, you know, or design or print or whatever. And then you had it the whole time, no matter what your, what kind of armor you put on that provided a shape to it. This is sort of what they're doing and that a lot of times shader, or well, okay, a lot of times uh, ornaments were basically uh, basically a variation of a shader right, for all intents and purposes. Some of them radically altered the looks of a thing or added a different particle effect to it or things like that, which I, I'm pretty okay with. But some, some of the older sh uh, ornaments were literally not much different than a shader, frankly. So this is kind of cool in how, how they're approaching it, where you have all, it appears that you're going to have a lot more license in how you set your, kind of set your stuff up. So it, it might lend itself more to kind of a Warframe model where um, once you have something, you have it and you can apply it and do whatever you want with it. And you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to access that content that you've earned or bought. However, it may, they may, you know, if I were them, I think you can make a case of figuring out like, okay, if I can provide you what you want on demand and then you keep it basically permanently as long as the game is running, um, could they move the price point up in their favor on some of the items? I would be kind of okay with that in some cases. Uh, so it, it, I think this is a good move for them overall. I mean, it, right now, everything that they're laying down that's, that's going to be unfolding over the next few months looks really, really good. Oh, by the way, one of the big things, I'd say the biggest piece of news, other than the cross-save part, which is huge, um, I think it's their absolute steadfast commitment to Destiny 2 for what it sounded like the next three-ish years, um, which tells you a lot about, so there's no, no Destiny 3 coming out, you know, for next-gen console. It's going to be Destiny 2. Now, they were very quick to point out that they have, very, very, very high granularity, high fidelity versions of the game that are basically the minute that next gen drops. You know, it's, you can run it to the whatever capacity of your of your uh, your PC is basically. So when the new consoles come out, their intention is to have whatever the highest fidelity uh, capacity Destiny hit those. And most people, like I've not seen it in PC, but most people that I've talked to that that routinely play on PC tell me that particularly if you've got like a moderate to high-end game engine or, you know, like gameplay machine, that it is a very beautiful game. Like it, it just, it holds up incredibly well. There's no holes in it. Um, 
once you get the FPS up and then you, you can take advantage of what's already in the graphics and in the game and in the movement capability. Uh, so I think that, that we're going to be with Destiny 2 for quite some time as they sort of really flesh out and develop the world and how they want to function and operate before breaking into, you know, whatever, you know, Destiny Legend or, you know, Just Destiny or Destiny Online or whatever the other thing's going to be called. But I think it's going to be probably three years at least before we see a whole new big chunk game coming in. I think this is going to definitely be taking Elder Scrolls type approach to it. And I mean, that's ultimately what the players want. I mean, you, you got Destiny 1, which is problematic. They finally got it you know, working the way that it, it, it should have. And then they said, okay, we'll buy the next game now. And people are like, really? <laughs> like, well, it, yeah, not only that, but they, they basically walked back. Like, I mean, they, they took massive steps back with year one Destiny 2, though. Uh, I, think, I think that was another big lesson learned on their part. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's hard to make that mistake when you're just continuing directly off of that same platform rather than, you know, trying to remake everything again and, and shape a, a new title. So I, I think it's it's for the best, and, and that is a very good point that they're they're definitely committed to continuing to advance, and they are in no rush to release another title, um, which I think is going to be the benefit of everybody. So it's very good to hear. Well, all right, guys, that's all I had. Is there any topics you wanted to cover before we uh, wrap this one up? No, I think I think that's it. I mean, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good quick snapshot. The only mild piece of news since Keanu Reeves is sort of the, the hotness right now on, on the interwebs. Um, it's two or three people at Marvel, including Kevin Feige, uh, very publicly said that they are actively trying to figure out how to incorporate uh, Keanu Reeves into uh, the Marvel Universe. Uh, you know, and they're trying to figure out what is the character they want to push, um, you know, kind of push him into or, you know, like how do they want to you know, kind of capitalize on, on him. Uh, I think that'd be kind of a neat fit. There, there's like a lot of really good options that they can they can bring in there. Um, they, I've seen some pretty good pretty good choices floating around out there. I think he'd be a a would be a great way to kind of let the in the end game lull kind of drift out for a while. And if they really wanted to kind of jumpstart some things in a couple of years, like kick it off with a, a Keanu infused uh, Marvel movie, I'd be down for it. Yeah, I saw that article as well, and then started googling. Hey, I know nothing about Marvel, but tell me what character he should be. And everyone's got their opinion. So it's pretty fun stuff. All right, guys, let's go into shout outs. I've got actually two this week. So there is something that I have never heard of before. And I'm probably like, you know, five years behind the times, but not hearing about it. But SCP Foundation, uh, basically, it is kind of a collaborative, um, I won't say fan fiction, but it's a fiction writing uh, group where they basically write technical documents that describe and go through a history of the testing procedure of various objects or things in the world. It's all fiction, of course. Um, they kind of have like a, a supernatural element to them. And it, it, they're, they are absolutely fascinating to listen to. This guy on YouTube who has narrated all of them. And uh, yeah, they got some really, really good content in there. So I would definitely check that out um, if you've never heard of it or if you like... Uh, supernatural you know, tech documents like it's more entertaining than i'm making it sound but scp foundation i know there was a game uh based off of some of that content called containment breach i've never played it before but again i've heard it's it's pretty cool so that's my first shout out and my other shout out is uh of the the weep variety so Livy and i watched a movie last night called a silent voice um it's an anime movie that came out of Netflix. I've been waiting for it to come to the States for a while. Uh, it's a really good drama um, about basically bullying and um, people with hearing impairment. It's, it's actually it's a pretty touching story. So do suggest that. Um, you can buy it on Amazon or you can watch it for free on Netflix. Um, the Netflix version is dubbed. I think the Amazon has the original Japanese if, if you prefer that. But it is a, a pretty good film. All right, Zell, you are up. So I'm going to give my shout out to um, a uh, randomly badly programmed sign on uh, Interstate 55. Um, I was cruising along, you know, like central Illinois um, this weekend. And um, I, this sign like flashed my speed at me like you're speeding. Oh, my gosh. You're going like this many kilometers per hour in Illinois. And, and I'm like, I'm not even speeding. 
So what happened was somebody like flipped the metric switch, but then put the the miles per hour speed that we weren't supposed to go over. It was entertaining. That's fantastic. Nobody checks this stuff. Like they set it up and they just drive off, I guess. All right. Bait, you're up. Um, shout out to the boys. Uh, everybody's coming back at home from uh, college and whatnot. It's cool. So hanging out with the boys is, is my shout out. I hear driving. Are you driving now? Nah, dude, I got my AC on. That 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 sounded like a car. That's that's I'm some, in my that's, car. That's, ah, okay, you're not He's driving, but you are car. you are in your car. Okay, that's I I suspected that was the case. All right, and Jay, you're up. Uh, yeah. So I'd like to give a quick shout out to the boys. And uh, and by that I mean the actual upcoming uh, series starring Carl Urban, which was that was one of my favorite uh, uh, sort of darker adult comics uh, that that was out a few years ago. Really, really neat run. It uh, it it takes a uh, a turn for uh, a, maybe a little bit more realistic, you know, quote unquote realistic look at like if you have a bunch of people that are superheroes, what are the odds are that they're all like really, really super morally upstanding people like Clark Kent, Superman, or what if they're probably a bunch of power drunk douchebags. Uh, and then you actually have to have somebody keep them under control. And that would be the boys. Um, pretty good, pretty good comic book line. And from what I can tell of the, uh, the trailers that I've been seeing, including me on the not safe for work trailer, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty solid. Uh, and I'm a fan of Carl Urban. So Highly recommend uh, that people give it a shot, or at least let's see how it goes. Anyway, give it give it an episode or two. It's probably probably worth your time. All right, sounds good, man. And that is our show. So if you guys have any topics you want us to cover, or you want us to have you on the show, head over to biomass.com. Give us a ring. With that being said, have a safe week, and we'll see a, you next a time. Ring, a, a ring, ring, a ring. That is that is very legacy, very, very old school. Hey, yeah. we're talking about we're talking about Titanic this episode. Are, are you going to put your um, the official Biomass phone number in here for our um, uh, you know corp, corporate I, line? I probably could. Five 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 five. You know, like on back in the soap operas that your mom used to watch back when yes. she was holding clothes. Yeah, you know, that one. That one. All right. <laughs> See you guys next time. Thank you.